love the way that when he, when he just brought it in there, it's, it's because I've, I'm hearing, Lord, work through Willem and work through Willem, and I'm feeling all the pressure. Oh, what are you going to? But, you know, I, I really, and that's why I came up to Nolan now. I said, hey, man, let's preach. Because I really feel that there's something on not my words and not my ability to bring the words, but the, there's something in Scripture that I feel that the Lord wants to use specifically tonight and this afternoon amongst us. Um, to do something very special here. I really have faith for this specific uh, evening. I really feel that the Lord wants to do something very specific, and specifically where you guys are having a, a kind of a, a tough week. If I hear the word unity one more time tonight, I'm going to probably, you know, it's, it's, I, I've heard it about 10 times, and, and when I look at what the Lord has prepared for you guys, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, to see that the Lord is going to speak into that. And if I look at the, how the week is, so, so I'm really trusting the Lord that he will be the, doing the speaking and there will be very little of old Willem that's here in the front and, and a lot more of his word and what he wants to say to us tonight. And as we also, we're going we're to do a communion uh, later on as well. And there's just a sense of, uh, in my heart that there's a very special uh, meeting place tonight for each one of us at the table tonight. Uh, and as a as a group, so so let's just head into this. Yaku asked me, feels like years ago, uh, to just come and you guys know me, ne? I could find myself worth the stallion, ne? I could, but but I am. Onse twee jaar, onse twee jaar terug, we 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 planted a grabau two years ago. Um, uh, yeah, just by hook or by crook, the Lord brought us into a into a bit of a vice grip, and when we opened up our eyes, we were leading uh, a church in Krabo. Uh, normal people, just like each one of you. I mean, five years ago, we weren't even in Josh Jen, or six years ago, we weren't even in Josh, no, it's longer than that now, it's seven years ago, I forget about the past two years. But, so we were in, in Somerset West, and uh, and we just basically got to see what church really looks like, because also even from our background, I'm going to share on it a little bit later as well, there was a lot of misconceptions and, and things that were, and when we, we came into Josh Jen, it was just this, it was just a revelation of what church, and I was at the point where we actually said, ah, I, I think we're finished with church, and then we, we got to, 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 to uh, I first saw old Andrew Selly on Facebook, and I started following him, and suddenly church became probably one of the most important things in my life, uh, when we saw what healthy church really looks like. And so God used us now in the past two years to kind of just relay that message that we saw and that revelation that we got and bring it what we, what we got from him in that way. So God has been so good to us. We've got some of our, our beautiful grabos with us uh, today and my dad. It, it's, it's my dad's first time that he actually uh, uh, ministered in worship uh, and led worship in any other context than grabo. So well done, dad. And uh, so, yeah, so that's just a little bit about us. And yeah, we love the Lord, passionate about the Lord, passionate about church. There's just no other way for us. And we're going to talk about that this, this evening. And Yaku asked me a few months ago, he said, listen, I want you to come and talk about why is it important to begin, be connected to God's family? And it's a strange thing when initially he told me that I was like, well, now you give me the duh subjects, you know, and I'm just going to. I mean, give me something to really get my teeth into, because I think for a lot of us that are in church family, that have experienced that and find yourself in a church family, it's kind of a, it's a no-brainer. It's like, hey, man, this is, this is what church is. If you've tasted it and if you've been long enough in this, in, this, in this mold. But I realize that, especially with our church plants, what happens is, if you look around you now, you guys have been here for a year and a half or something now, ne? just a little bit over a year and a half. If you look around you, most of the people you don't know for longer than a year. Ne, is that is that it? And and even the guys that's visiting here, So what happens is, is God has this ability to put people together in a room like this, and then suddenly we need to form a church. And that's that's not that's not something that that comes naturally to us. It doesn't come easily to us. It's something that actually it's out of our cartwheel, really, if we go look, look, look at ourselves in that. And um, so when we say being connected to God's family, I'm so very aware that specifically with the church plant, each one of us that's sitting here, most probably 
comes from a different background than the rest of us. You know, you've been in different churches up until this point. You, you were raised differently up until this point. Sommige van ons was ingekerk en AGS kerk en I don't know what the undergoeders are work all is. So there's different, different backgrounds that we all come from. And then suddenly we get together here and now the Bible expects unity from us. God's command us and say, I want you to be of one mind and one purpose and one spirit. And it's like, how do we do this, Lord? Because we, we come from such different backgrounds. And I want to come tonight and I, I almost, I, I took Yaku's, Yaku's title and I'm going to take a very literal approach to it tonight. I'm going to literally take, and you, have you ever had deconstructed pudding? Where you almost had, I, I heard that term once and it, it sounds to me like you, it's almost where you have a like, trifoliad. Now that's like, when you when when there's a focus on each little area, so I'm going to focus on each one. We're going to focus on why is it important. We're going to focus on being connected. We're going to focus on God's family. But what we're going to do is we're going to do it the other way around. We're going to first look at God's family. Then we're going to look at being connected, and we're going to end it off by why is it important. Is that good? Is the right, Yaku? Do a justice. Like come one. Ek dink ook nogal so, met my nieuwe, met my nieuwe toppie wat ek vir julle aangetrek het. So we're going to look at that, but the first thing is a very important thing. Because we're coming from different backgrounds, because we've got different upbringings, because we've got different ways of thinking, and I see also a lot of young guys here, which is absolutely amazing. You must tell me how you do that. It's, it's absolutely amazing. How do, you, how do you pull in the younger generation into church? It's absolutely beautiful to see that. So, but it's important for us now not to focus on what Willempi said. Uh, what is, what, why is it important to be connected to God's family? It's important for us to look what God says. Because he's given us the blueprint, which I don't have with me at the moment. So God has given us a blueprint. He's given us very, very good uh, instructions in how this thing should play out, how it should look like. And it's very important for us to stick to that. To, because he's showing us. So I first just want to make a little bit of a foundation here to say, let's just for a moment forget what you know or you think you know when it comes to why is it being important to being con connected to God's family. Just for a moment, just erase everything that you brought up to here. And we're just going to have a look. And it's not going to be a thorough look. This is not a teaching. This is more a hard thing that I'm trying to, to come across here. But it's important for me to lay the foundation that we tell each other right now at the start that whose ways are much more higher than our ways. Whose ways is much more higher than our ways? God. The Bible tells us. His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. His ways are much higher than our ways. So he's got certain designs for us. He's got certain things in mind for us that is just a lot better than we can sometimes conjure up ourselves and think this is the way that I'm going to do my life. This is the way that I want to do church. This is the way that I, this is, this is what Akum Sukas Akakarak Suk. Yeah, when I'm looking for a church, this is what I'm looking for. So, so I want to tell us, let's first look at God's design. And I want to just practically, just quickly share a little story. We have a piece of land right next to our house. And many years ago, seven years or something ago, we felt to start planting vegetables there. And we started planting vegetables, but I did it very much Willempi's way. And that's why I said, because my ways are sometimes very ludicrous, or whatever the word may be. Afrikaans now, dear. Yes. So, uh, so, so what is important for us is, uh, uh, yeah, and two, groente plant. And I used a very commercial method because that's what I saw on YouTube, and I had some advisors, and and basically, it was a flop. The stuff didn't grow. We had like one crop of something, whatever we planted per summer. And actually, I was told, you know, when you take out those ones, you must put in the new ones. And that you almost get this idea that it should be one crop on top of another one. And we, we, we basically just started losing money. And it was, just, it was just more work and pain and sweat and blood and tears than anything else. And I was at the point, I told Leone, listen, yeah, this is my beautiful wife, Leone. Yeah, no letting And I told Leone, I said, Leone, I think we must pull the plug on this thing. This, this just isn't working. And we were at the point, and that week, one week later, 
I saw an advert on Facebook or whatever it was, and there was guys in Port Elizabeth that teach you how to plant veggies, but according to biblical uh, principles, according to what the Bible teaches us about nature and stuff. And they call themselves Farming God's Way. We went to Port Elizabeth and we did it. It's a one-week intensive course. You do from the morning at 8 o'clock right until the evening. And they do it a practical. And it was, it was just absolutely amazing. And at some point I was sitting there and I said, listen, this feels more to me like a, like a church conference rather than a practical tool how to plant vegetables. Because it was all out of scripture. It was all how God said, this is how I want you to treat nature. This is what, how I want you to work with nature. And I, we got back, we, uh, George was still working, and me and old George, we got back, and we started planting vegetables, vegetables farming God's way. And that very first summer where I struggled to get anything off the soil, we got four crops of, uh, of, of all that we planted, four crops of baby marrows, groen uh, millies. Oh, man, it was just absolutely amazing. And it transformed the fact that we had uh, uh, a vegetable garden. And suddenly we started, we produced, at our peak, we produced one ton in that little small piece of land there, one ton of green beans and one ton of baby marrows in a summer. It was absolutely amazing. And I was looking at that, and I think that's something of the Lord that He used that to impart something in me that I am so convinced. I am so convinced that there's no other better way than God's ways for our lives. And that's when, when I read in the scripture that God says, listen, the church is the way for you to bring my, my good news to the rest of the world. Then I'm not going to use any other vehicle. I'm going to use what God's ways is. And if God tells me, look, this is the way I want you to live your life, I'm going to live my life because I'm seeing God's ways are the best for us. Is that good? That was just the intro. Yeah, tell me about it. So we're going to look at that. We're going to do the deconstructed uh, pavlova now. So we're going to look at it from the other way. God's family. Why is it important to be connected to God's family? But it is important for us to look at what is God's family. What does God say about His family? And the, the first thing is that we realize is, is that we're not an con- uh, organization. We're not an organization. This is not a club. This is not something that we have in common. So we get together because we share a common belief. And now we just get together to share this common belief and do kumbaya together. That's not what church is. Ephesians 2 verse 19 says the following. The scripture, I've got a few scriptures. We're going to just uh, uh, run through some of them. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 19. I'll read it for you guys so long. It says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members. And then it says this, of the household of God. And it's so important for us to see and to start to realize what's the language that the Bible uses? What's the language that God uses? Because we can't call it one thing and then the Bible calls it another thing. So the first thing we see is, is that we are a household. And I know, and that's now where we say we come from different backgrounds. Because a lot of us come sometimes from broken households and broken backgrounds where we didn't perhaps know our dad or our mother or maybe... Uh, there was divorce in the family or something just went wrong and there, then we have broken households. But it's so important for us to not look at that and say, listen, that's the example that we've got of a household. It's important for us to look at God's example of what a household is. And I can be honest, uh, just to honor my, my dad that's sitting there at the back, I were very privileged to be raised in a healthy household. My parents love the Lord and they love the Lord since ever I can remember. They loved each other, so there was a lot of love in the house. And they raised us in a household that was very healthy, fairly healthy. Well, not perfect, but, but, but yeah, let me not boast it up too much. But they were, we, we, we was healthy. And, and the thing is that we learned in this household is my parents was a healthy source of authority because I trusted my dad and I loved my dad. And my dad was a trustworthy man. He wasn't a guy that cared in the pub and then we got home. Then he wanted to come and bring authority because in his drunken state. But he was a trustworthy man because he was a, so- a, sober, uh, a sober guy. And so whenever he brought authority to me, I could actually learn from that because it was a healthy authority that he brought. And so what happens is, is in a household, in a healthy household, we rub off on each other. 
I'm thinking of Jesus my booty ook. Al Stefan. And when I look at even at us, you know, in our growing up, as we grew up together, as we rubbed shoulders together, there were certain times when he would put me in my place in a good way. Where he said, hey man, jy is nou onwoordig met my, man. Jy is nou nie dinges. And then there was other times where I could then again tell him, hey man, luister, jy is nou, jy is nou hier buiten dinges. And, and there was a rubbing off. And the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. So when he puts us in a household such as this, you will see very much, and when you're talking about a house, healthy household, there's healthy leadership there. There's eldership and there's deacons there and there's guys, com leaders that, that really love us and wants the best for us. That's what a healthy, healthy household looks like. And, and, and that's, the, that's the design that the Lord has given us for that. You know, household was also the place where I learned that life isn't just about me. Because when my sister is now half a year and then she gets the cake and she gets the birthday presents and the day is all about her. And it's one of the beautiful places where you actually get to learn that life just doesn't revolve around me. If I wasn't in a household, if I wasn't there with other brothers and sisters, then, you know, I would have probably be grown up a very, very selfish person. But household learns, teaches us that there's other people also. And it's not just about me. And that's something that's so important as well. So, yeah, the household is the arena. It's the atmosphere. It's the place where we grow up and where we grow in maturity and where we're actually supposed to grow in all different facets of life. We, we not only learn in school, and we, but we're also being fed. I grow up. I, I could, well, no, my brother is a better example of actually growing up. I could a bit more So, but we get fed and we get looked after. And a household is supposed to be a safe place where I get to know who I am. And I get to learn to, what is my gifting? What is it that I'm good at in this life? And that is what a household, and that is what God's picture of a household is supposed to be like. That. And it's there where I say, and that's why it's so amazing, that a lot of us don't come from that. A lot of us don't have that background, but you know what's amazing? God puts you in. We're going to look at this scripture, Ephesians 1 verse 5. Let's look at this. Look at this. He, God, predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will. I want to tell you right now, do you believe that God's design, his predestination of you, wanted you to end up here tonight. That is absolutely amazing. And if you haven't made that decision yet to say, listen, I feel I want to be part of this church family. I'm not talking about this per se, but a church family and being part of, of the body of, of, of the Lord and part of his household, then this is an opportunity for you. If you don't know what a healthy household looks like and you, you've never seen that before, I want to tell you this is an amazing opportunity that God has sent you. He designed it. He he predestined you to say, listen, my heart is for you. My heart, my love is for you, to that you might be adopted into something that's healthy, that you can actually look at and find yourself in that group of people and in that household. That's what God's heart is. You get me? Diladar. Akraman. Ephesians 1 verse 5. Yes, okay, Ephesians. So, Matthew 18, verse 3, Matthew 18, verse 3 says the following. I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And I know the scripture talks of, actually is talking about your, the posture that you're bringing in. It's about, you know, coming. But there's something about coming in as a child, coming in as a, as a child into the family. When you get adopted, you know, they, they, God has very, very strict, he, he's like an adoption agency that's very strict of where he wants to place people. And I believe that God, when he sends you to a specific house, that he's very specific about it because you know what you need. He knows what your background, he knows what, you, what your character is, he knows the thing that he needs to work in you. And so he's a, very, he's a very strict adoption agency and he will send you and that's where he predestined you. But then he sends you into a place and sometimes when, we, 
come here, then a lot of us know a lot of things already. We've saved maybe for 10 or 20 or 15 years. And then that scripture is still applicable. Because we come in with a posture not of to say, listen, this is I, I want to bring. But when you come in to the household of the Lord and say, listen, I am teachable. I want to grow with you guys. I want to be taught by you guys. I want to learn from you as much as you want to learn from me. I want to learn from you. And then for us that get saved in the church, that has never been saved and you were out in the world and uh, doing your own thing and living for yourself and now suddenly you get that's when you get come in and you, you get raised like a child amongst people that actually love you. That is one of the most beautiful things that can happen in the household of God when you get saved. And, and, and I think that's probably one of the things with church planting that is just the dearest to me is when we get people into church and for the first time they give their lives to the Lord. And you see almost this childlikeness of them, you know, taking their first steps in things, you know. When they, when they pray for the first time in a prayer meeting and you're like, oh my word, she just took her first prayer steps in, you, amongst other people. And, and when they start, where they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're speaking in tongues, he says, yes, that's the next step. And you start walking a road with people that become almost like children to you. And you see how they grow and how they mature in front of you. And I want to ask you guys now, the guys that's been here a while, and Yaku that's been in church since he was three years old, I want to ask you guys, for you that are already connected in the family, that understands family, that knows what it's about, that maybe comes from a healthy family, and you, there's not something broken there. There's, there's a lot of, of, of you, you're, you're in a healthy place with that. I want to ask you, are you a safe place to the children that the God is sending into this household? Are you that safe place that nurtures and cares for and loves the new guys that the Lord is sending into us? And then the guys that's here maybe for the first time, are you open to what the Lord is telling you tonight? Are you open and they hear spit and they say, Lord, you, have you sent me here? Am I coming in like a child? Am I coming in to, to receive what the Lord wants to do and wants to, to tell me? Because that's one of the things that I sometimes see, the people that come in, sometimes they struggle to be vulnerable. They struggle to be like children because children need feeding. They need care. They need attention. That's it's true. That's what children need. And sometimes as a child coming into this household, you must be also vulnerable to tell Nolan, hey, man, I get your nodig now. And you need to pick up the phone and say, listen, and you need to learn to lean into the people that the Lord has placed around you. So there's two facets to this. The guys that's been here, lean into the guys that's new. And the guys that's new, lean into the guys that's been here a while. Because there's something that's going to happen there that is of God when we, when, we, when we connect to each other in that specific way. So that's just quickly family. Second one, deconstructed Pavlova. Why is it important to be connected? And connected is a, is a very interesting word. Um, and I think sometimes when, when we look at being connected in church family, it's almost like God saying potato and we saying potato. And I just, when I went through the scriptures, it's almost connected. Is It doesn't really carry what God has in mind when he says, I want to connect you to a church family. You know, that's, it's, it's, connection is, is, is not really there. And we're going to just look at some things uh, in that. Ephesians 2, we're going to go back to Ephesians. Um, and we're going to just go to uh, Ephesians 2 verse 20. Yes. He said that uh, we are all uh, being sent by Lord. And then he says, Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, and he's talking about us, this whole structure of church and the structure of this household uh, being joined together grows in a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together in a dwelling place for the Lord by the Spirit. But there's something of, of that first said where he says, uh, being joined together and grows. And that's just the first thing that I wanted. When we're talking about being connected, we're talking about a process. We're talking about something that the Lord is the one that grows. And that's why the communion table is so important to us. The communion table is a place, and we spent a lot of time on that this morning in Krabo, where we looked at the communion table as not just a remembrance of Jesus that died on the cross for us, but we actually look at a communion table as a place, a meeting place, where we together as a body find Jesus 
And when we find him there, we find unity amongst each other because the communion table is the place where my eyes are off of myself and my eyes are off of you guys. It's just on Jesus. And Jesus then has the ability to speak into us and show us things through his perspective. And suddenly we walk away from the communion table and I'm looking at you guys differently because I'm seeing you guys now through the lenses and the eyes of Jesus and not through sometimes my tilted uh, lenses that I see things through. And that's what the communion table is. And it brings such a, uh, not a, you know, it's not that thing what we have in common. It's what we have in common with Christ that, that the communion table does. And that brings a unity that we can never do by fellowshipping together and braying together and doing all of those things. That is only a work that the Holy Spirit works in us. And that's why the Bible says, do it as often as you can. Do it as often as you can. Because it's a process. And the more we do it, the more we allow that process in me through the Holy Spirit to work that thing in me. Is that good? Lacomai. So we are being built together. And, and it's so interesting. The, the, in the prayer meeting, it came up two or three times where we talked about the, the three chords. And it's in my notes here that, that God builds us together. He builds us together almost like a marriage. So being connected to each other, it's a bit like if we look at what the Bible talks about. Because God talks about, and it's about this tau, it's a three-fold tau, God, and then ons what we come, it's a marriage, you know, the, the, the husband and the wife, and then God being the third string, and that string is unbreakable. It's a strong uh, uh, rope that it forms. And it's very much like what it means to be connected, truly connected to the family of God. Is something happens that is, that is of God that connects us in such a deep way, in such a way that is not of us. And then it thinks of that scripture where it says, but what God has put together, no man shall take apart. Ne? And that's, it, it brings a bit of sanctity to that. And I'm thinking of now even this, the situation that we have with Natalie, uh, uh, that, that Yaku just shared. And that's why it's so difficult for Yaku. Because there's, there's already connection being formed. There was already connections being formed between, between her and the family. But then there also comes a time. You remember the story about the, 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 the lost son? You know, there was a time where the father actually knew it's better for the son to go. It's tough, eh? It's not lacquer. But there was a time where he knew it was going to be the best thing for the son. Because, but when the son is going to come back, and that's what Yaku's heart is. Yaku's heart is, oh, I can't wait for it to come back. I can't wait for her to come back and be restored. I can't wait for her to come back and see what this really is about. What really the heart is for that. And to then just not be the, you know, and work with whatever the Lord wants to work through that. But there, ha there sometimes is that time where the father has to say, go. Giving you your money, I'm giving you your stuff, go. But the hope is that they will return. The hope is that they will come back and be restored in the family. Oh, yeah. One Peter two, verse four to five says this: As you come to Him, the living stone. He's talking about Jesus here, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, the living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. We are called to much more than just being connected. We are called to much more than just having some things in common in this household. When we get together, God says he builds us into. And builds us into talks about something a little bit more long term than just connecting. Ovian has this little train set that he played with when he was younger. And he's got, he's got little squirkies. And then you connect the squirkies to each other, and then you form a, like a track. But you know what? He, that connection breaks so easily. When he goes in, because connection is just that. It, it's fallible. It's sometimes based on us. It's sometimes based on in, in, in how, how well we are doing with each other. But when God builds us together, when he fits us together and being living stones that's being built together, it talks about, have you ever seen a, a stone wall? I built a stone wall 
uh, once or twice before. And not one of the stones is the same shape. Not one of them looks the same. Not one of them, you know, it's not like building a, a brick wall where you've got like all that look the same. And God wants it that way. He puts us together and, and there's a specific hole in this wall, in this, in this wall that he's, he's building together that only you can fill. There's a specific gap and he's got you shaped and he molded you and he made you in a specific way. And he knows when is the right time in this household that he's going to come and he's going to build you and you're going to fit into your place. And now I want to tell you, there's some of you that's sitting here and you said, ah, sikkel my plek te kry. Sikkel betek keer om my vat plek te kry hier. Sikkel betek keer. Who is the one that works that vat plek? Who is the one that fits you and builds you where he wants you? Is it you that does the building and the fitting? It's him. So I want to tell you, if you don't feel into place, if you've been sitting here for a few for a while and ask the Lord, build me into. Don't trust yourself to do that work. Trust him to do that work. To build you. Don't look at Yaku. Yaku Khayuni Unboni. I was telling you so that, that it's the lead elder's job to, to build you into. It's God that builds us into the place where he wants to fit us, in the way that he wants to fit us. And if he's going to build you into this household, into this wall. I promise you it's going to be a lot more longevity in that or a lot more sturdy than when man has to do that or will do that. Romans 12 verse 4 says the following. Yeah. I'm not going to go into the, I'm not going to go into the scripture. I just want to mention this. Each one of us has got a gifting. Each one of us has got something to give. And the, and, the, and the idea of a household is, if it wasn't for Stefan, I would have not been formed the way that I for, am formed. Because Stefan's personality formed me. What Stefan had and the way that he's made has formed me into what I am today. And if it wasn't for my dad being who my dad is, I will not have been formed the way that I am today. Each one of you guys has a specific gifting. There's something that the Holy Spirit put in you the day that you got saved. And only you can bring what you need to bring to this household the way that you are able to bring it because the Holy Spirit wants to use you in that. And the Bible teaches us that when we're part of a household, that God's design of being connected is that we actually give of ourselves. And we give of ourselves into this household and give of ourselves to, to say, listen, I'm not just here to receive, but I'm actually here to give. That is what it means to be connected. So if you want to be connected, but you're only here wanting to receive, then you're going to struggle with that connection. You're going to struggle to feel that connection. It is about what you give, not as much as what you take, that is bringing that work of the Lord or allowing the work, Lord of the, the work of the Lord to connect you. Because the, the time that you connect the most to your brothers and sisters is the time when you lay down your life for your brother and your sisters. And when we have, uh, often I love it, when we have ministry sessions and times where the Holy Spirit just moves in the congregation, I seldom do the, do, the, do the praying for them. I love it when the guys come out and, the, and it's the body and it's the people that pray for each other. And as we then give to ourselves, as we minister to each other, as we give prophetic words to each other, as we give words of encouragement to each other, I can see how the Lord builds the unity amongst us as we build into each other. And that's what God, that's what it means to be connected. What are you bringing? What gift are you bringing? Are you open to bringing your gift? And saying, how can I serve you? How can I serve my brother and my sister that's in the same household than I am? Last thing that I want to ask you on that. If you want to just do a bit of a test to yourself. Asking yourself, how connected am I to this church family? Just quickly look around you. Literally, I want you guys to look around you. Look at the faces of the people that's around you. Can you all mekaar's name? Say names. Say names. I'm probably going to grab him up, I'm going to. The Lord is asking you guys. Just, a, just a test for yourself. The person that's sitting next to you. Is his interests? Is he's growing? Is he's finding the Lord? Is he's finding more of Jesus? Is it more important to you than even yourself tonight?
is he's, he's, he's moving forward in the Lord. He's growing. Is it more important to you than yourself tonight? That's such an important. If you can answer that and you say, yes, Ivan. Stefan, what he langs me, said, as I net can groei, then I'm so happy. There's a scripture that Andrew mentioned in, in, uh, on Friday evening. We had a, a meeting with Andrew on, on Friday. And he actually said, I never, I, I still, I can go on opsoek. And he said, Paul said this. He said, Lord, if all of the, of the Jews and all of these people will be able to get saved, then I will go to hell. Send me to hell if it means that they can all go to heaven. Yo, man, that's amazing. For eternity, ne? It's not just like, I don't want to go and visit. He said, I will go to hell for eternity if it means that, you know, he was almost bargaining with the Lord. If all these people can go to, to heaven. Is that our attitude? Do we carry that heart of Paul? That your brother and your sister that's sitting next to you, that they're growing in the Lord. They're finding Jesus, finding love, finding acceptance, finding their role, finding their place. Is it more important than me finding my place, me finding my role, me doing stuff? Anyway, that's just a good test to do. Last thing that we're going to end off on, and this is just a one pager, so it's going to go quickly, and we're going to go into, into a time of just communion where we're just going to trust the Lord. I really just trust the Lord to do something of the Holy Spirit tonight as well. I don't want to just, you know, talk up here. I really feel that the Lord wants to speak in here, and I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to move amongst us just in this time of communion tonight. The last thing is, is why is it important? Why is it important? Now, the first thing that we can say is, it is important because the Lord says so. <laughs> that's, that's probably the basics of that. It's important because the Lord says so. But I do believe that sometimes when we see the why, when we understand the why, it just makes it a little bit easier for us to sometimes walk in something that we haven't experienced and tasted yet. And I think something just out of our own lives. We came from a very broken, not a, yeah, I'm not going to emphasize that too much, but we come from a different background when it comes to church. We were very much Sunday church people. We got to church and we loved the people that was there. I know, I remember there was even people that come to visit us in the church. And then they would say, yo, this is such a family vibe. And these guys are such beautiful family. We can experience the love. And it really was there. But it was something of, it was a, it was a Sunday thing. <laughs> you know, we experienced it there and then we go our separate ways after that. And I remember growing up, in this household, which was supposed to be a household to me. And I remember in times in my life when I was a student, when I went off the rails a little bit, and I went partying with my friends, and uh, yeah, I just, went, I, I just went off the rails for, for a season. I think it was about a year or two years or something. I can't really remember. I was drinking too much probably. And you know what the, what the, what the scary thing about that is, and that's, why, that's the why. Not once that any of that family in that household that I was in ever come to me and say, hey, but I see there's something different in you. I see there's just the coldness that came over you. There's something of you that's not there that was there because I love the Lord up until that point. I was burning for me. I wanted to become a pastor even at that stage. I wanted to... Uh, 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 pull out of uh, um, a Technicon at that stage and go full time. Oh, man, I just had all bunch of plans. And that's straight after that, I went off the rails. And the thing is, nobody knew me well enough in that household that they knew to know when things were going wrong in my life. And the thing is, and when people, I'll never forget, the pastor phoned me one evening, one Saturday evening, and I was supposed to do something in church that next Sunday, the following evening. You know, now, I was partying, man, and I, I probably, I, by that time, I was probably slurring because of my speech because I had in too much drop by that stage. And I remember he phoning me, and there was just this loud music in the background, and I was probably slurring, and he could hear that this guy is under the influence. And I remember, you know, answering, and he was just checking, hey, are you okay to do this thing tomorrow at church? And, and, he, and he said, oh, but we'll speak tomorrow because I hear, he could have heard I wasn't. And you know what the worst thing is? The next morning I went, and he greeted me. He gave me a hug. And from that day, never did he even take it, the courage to speak into my life and say, hey, but what happened last night? And the thing is, what I've thought of afterwards, that was so early on in the time when I went off the rails. I wonder sometimes what would have happened 
If on that very first day he came to me and said, hey, but what's going on, man? Let's talk. Let's sit down. Let's discuss this. What's going on in your heart? Are you, you still love the Lord as you loved him? I wonder how many things would have been different. How I wasted about two years or something like that afterwards where I just, you know. So why is it important? Why is it important? Me and Leone, we went through a tough time, two miscarriages. And she was going through such a tough time with that. And you know, I gave her, you, when you go through something like that as well, you, in that moment, you just suck as a husband because you can't give her the love and, and what she really needs because you're processing as well. And because they were so close in succession and because they were so much you know, on it, we really struggled. And, and, and this is not a judgment on them. Hey, I'm not talking about it. Please don't get my heart here. I'm trying to tell why, why is it important for us to really get this household, to really get why it's important. In that whole time that we went through two miscarriages, not once did any of our family visit us and say, hey, how are you guys doing? Are you guys coping well with this? Can we pray with you? And I remember what it left on us. What picture, and that's why I was there. I was there, look, Lord, if this is church, if this is church. And so why is it important? Jesus says this. John 17, verse 20 says this. My prayer is not for that. And he was praying for his disciples. He was praying for the guys that was close to him. And then straight after that, Jesus shifted his focus and then he was praying for all of us. He was praying for the rest, those that still needs to be saved, those that he still wanted to touch with his message. He said this, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them might be one. So important for Jesus. It was so important for Jesus to catch the heart of this thing, of being a household and being in a place where we can actually speak into each other's lives. Because if we get that, then we can catch each other when we're going to fall. We can catch each other when we need each other at the most. We can be there when we need each other. Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that. And there's this, there's this picture of unity that he creates here. He says this in verse 3. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. That's what what he's all, he, he knew that we had the ability through the Holy Spirit, not through us, but he knows that through his Holy Spirit, we've got the ability to go to that place of, of, of unity where Jesus wants us, to be that healthy household. It is through the Holy Spirit is with us. And it says, but this is the key. It says, I in them and you in me, so that they may, might be brought to complete unity. So if we want to find unity, between us, we need to find the unity in Jesus. And again, it points back to him. It points back to, to meeting with Jesus together as a family and saying, Lord, change my heart, change my attitude, change what is, what is lacking in me, change my focus, change the way that I view the people around me. Let me help me to see them the, the way that you see them. And through that, him and us and us in him, he works a unity in us that we can't work in any other way. I just want to go back to Ephesians 2. I don't know if you can go back to Ephesians 2. Uh, uh, the, the, the latter one. Yeah. Uh, no, not that one. Why is it important? There's something when, 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 the, the, when the Holy Spirit gets it right, I'm not going to when we get it right, when the Holy Spirit gets this right in us and through us, there's something of the glory of Jesus that is viewed by the world through us that is in no other way can be perceived by the world that's around us. There's something beautiful when the Holy Spirit gets this thing right. They look at us and they say, oh my goodness, that's Jesus. And that's what happened to us. When we saw healthy households, when we saw healthy, healthy church family, when, it, when we saw what it really means to be connected to those people, it changed something in us. 
it makes us hungry for that. So if you want to make your people devoted to the fellowship of the believers and devoted to 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 comes on a Wednesday evening and and devoted to the apostles teaching and coming here, trust the Lord to work that unity in us. That's where that devotion comes from, when we get devoted to him in that way. But the thing is, it says there, verse 22, it says there, I just want to come back to that quickly. It says, in him, we are also being built together. And then it says that last sentence, to become a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And that is absolutely amazing. Why is it important? I want to ask you, Hermanus, do you want to become a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit in Hermanus? Do you want to become a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit in Hermanus? Do you want to play a place where on a, wherever you guys meet, on a Wednesday, or on a Sunday, yeah, or at a braai, when you are, are, are living in a place of a, of a healthy household and we are connected to each other in the deep way that Jesus had for us, then it's a place where Jesus wants to visit us as well. And then we're going to get cooking in the kingdom. Then God is going to send people, because like I said, he's a very finicky, and I promise you, if the life of him is not in this place, he's not going to send people here. It's a place where Jesus, oh yeah, the last point that I want to make. When Will said this, why is it important for us? Who wants to change Hermanus? Who wants to do something for the kingdom in Hermanus? Just a quick show of hands. Who has a, has a vision that, that goes with, beyond this boundary of this walls that we are sitting in now? We all have that, ne? And when Will said this, and this is why is it important to be connected to God's family. When Will said this, alone I can go fast, but together we can go far. There's a little clip I want to show you guys of how that happens. And it's just a visual image, and I'm praying that the Lord will just let this visual image stick into your heads. And every time that you watch rugby, you will never be able to watch a rugby game ever again. Who who knows rugby? You're looking for rugby, ne? Now in rugby, it was a term as an Afrikaans with Prater. Rugby Prater is for an eight-man shove. It's that thing, and, and the Springboks, that's the thing that, that, that won the Springboks, the World Cup, because they had an eight-man shove. They were amazing in the, in the eight-man shove. And the thing is, with the eight-man shove is, uh, that each person, there's eight forwards, and each forward need to do everything together with the rest of the other forwards. And they find a unison, they find a unity when they go, and then when they really find that unity, you get what we call the eight-man shove. And that thing is absolutely beautiful. It's genuine. For a rugby lover, when you see that happening, and then when you see the Springboks going forward and they, they, they're driving those guys back and you see every guy doing what he needs to do, uh, you know, and, and you know also from the training ground, when you see the training ground videos, they've got ways to, to work that unity amongst the guys. It's just an, one, two, three, ha! One, two, three, ha! You know, and then they've got this way to bring that unity amongst that. And that's sometimes how the Holy Spirit brings us to that table. Because that table is the place where the Holy Spirit says, in three, go, in three, go, because our focus is not on what I'm doing and my strengths and my weaknesses, but our eyes then goes on to the, to the coach who's coaching us to do this thing together. And when we get it together, and that's what the Lord wants us to do. That's what the Lord wants us to do in Hermanus. That's what the Lord wants us to do in Hermanus. That's what the Lord wants to do and is going to do in Hermanus. We prayed it this morning for us as well. And that's the thing, you know, I'm not saying there's not unity here. Not what I'm saying. The Bible says it's something that grows. It's something that gains momentum. And it's very much like that picture. The more that we give ourselves to the image that God has, the more that we give ourselves to that plan, that design, of healthy church, of being connected to the family, then he gets to work that. Now guys, it's so important for us to just realize something. That the communion table is not the thing that brings us unity. It's who we meet here tonight that's going to work the unity amongst us. And I want you to just close your eyes as we're sitting here.
I want you now to just focus on the person that is actually the one that matters the most now. That's Jesus. And I've, I said it this morning to our guys as well. I just have this picture of as, we, as we've got glasses and, and provitas and stuff here in front, it's actually Jesus standing in front here. It's actually Jesus standing in front here and, and it's a representation of him. And I'm trusting the Lord that as we're sitting here that we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit just for a moment that as we give ourselves to him now, just give him a moment to speak into our hearts. And I want to ask you, is there something in your heart that he's showing you right now? He said, I want to come and I want to come and change your perspective. I want to come and just, just bring it to me. Maybe you've been feeling left out. Maybe you've been feeling outside of the circle. Maybe there's something of you that needs a healing. Maybe there's something of you come from a broken family yourself. You said, I've never experienced this. And it makes me so scared. I'm scared to give myself to these people because it's always just brought me, brought me hurt. And there's a part of the Lord that is sitting here in front, standing here in front. He says, listen, come to me. Don't put your eyes on these people. Put your eyes on me this evening. And as you give yourself to me, I will build you into with them. Trust me. Trust me. And if there's any people perhaps here that there's some area of, of just disunity in your heart, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in, in a relationship with a mom and a dad. I believe Jesus is here this, this evening and he just wants to bring some kind of, of restoration and some kind of just a process that he wants to kick off tonight and say, I want to work in this thing with you. I want to give you just an opportunity. Just spend time with the Lord now in your hearts, right now. Allow him to speak. Father, Holy Spirit, just come now. And this is where we're so dependent on you. We need you to speak now. We need you to show. We need you, Lord, to to do something because Lord before we can go and reach Armanus you want to reach us you want to do something amongst us Lord so that by the time that we go out they can see the unity of the Lord that he has worked in us they can see healthy relationships that's been formed and forged by the hand of Jesus so, Father, for those of us that's sitting here, Lord, that's maybe some just an area that they, they're coming to you and say, Lord, I want to just confess. Maybe there's an area of sin or something. Lord, we want to just bring it to you right now in Jesus' name. And we bring it to you and say, Father, that thing that I did, that thing that I said, the thing that, I'm, that I may be practicing, maybe it's an, even an area of addiction. I feel that the Lord wants to start off a process this, this evening and say, listen, I want to heal that. I want to bring restoration to that. So that that is not the thing that brings you out of unity with the rest of the body. Because I feel maybe there's someone here that feels a bit of shame because of that. You say, what will the people, what will the people think if they know this of me? The Lord wants to say, this is exactly where I want you to bring you to. So that I can touch that area amongst your family and in your family. So, Father, we just want to bring this to you right now. And, Father, we want to pray and say, forgive us, Lord, of these things. Forgive us of the things, Lord, and we want to repent, Lord, of that. We want to say, Lord, that there'd be nothing in us, Lord, that grieves you tonight, Lord, as we approach you and your table, Lord Jesus. And Father, if there's any one of us, Father, that you are showing now that's got the relational uh, disunity, Lord, we want to bring this to you right now in Jesus' name as well. And we want to say, Father God, we want to bring that to you. We want to say, Lord, we are willing. We are willing to kick off a process tonight, Lord, as we come to your table. As we come to you, Lord Jesus, we are willing to kick off a process with you and in this family tonight to restore those broken relationships, to restore those areas of disunity that is in our, in our families and in our relationships. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. So yeah, I want to invite you guys. As you sit there and you're praying, and maybe we can, yeah, just, yeah, I would love for us to, Dad, I think let's, let's just come and I, I just want to sing uh, that he's worthy of it all just one more time as we're going to share communion and, I, and then I'm going to hand it back to Nolan I'm to, uh, to just take it further if he feels anything else rather than that. But I feel that this is, not, this is not the medicine that you need for that. The medicine is the person that's going to stand here and you're going to share communion tonight with Jesus and you're going to partake in that communion with Jesus tonight. And he's going to kick off a process in your heart to work areas of restoration where there's disunity. And he's going to work a unity with you in this body of believers where he's going to fit you in, where he's going to slot you in. And it starts here tonight for you. So trust him for that. Is that good? Well, guys, so let's let's stand to our feet. I think let's let's sing the song. Let's uh, position ourselves. Uh, let's humble ourselves before Him. And then I wonder if I could ask, maybe if we can start from this side, just the guys in the front, and then we just grab our um, just grab the elements up front here, and then the, these guys can come and grab that. Um, and if you need someone to pray with you, yeah, just if, just maybe see if someone can pray with you. But do pray together. Pray for one another. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Let's go for it once, and then we'll go. Um, even as we sing, I think we can just grab it and then we can go and then we can get to a point. We'll take it from there. Guys, it's just, uh, just want to really just um, say thank you for the Grabowens that came out. I know it's, uh, it's not far. So uh, just want to say thank you guys for coming and serving us as Grabow, as, as Hermanus, and for us to just build community together. We just want to say to you guys, have a wonderful week. And um, we hope to see you guys in communities. So if you have for the very first time, please do not run off. Join us for a cup of coffee. 
at the back, get you chat to someone that you don't know. And uh, we're trusting that the Lord would work and move for us. And there's little new forms for newcomers. Hannes will get you at the door. If you haven't filled one in, he will tackle you. He will hold you down until you fill the form in. All right. So, <laughs> all right, guys, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. Father, we thank you that we are family. Uh, Father, that even though we're two different congregations in two different towns, we are still family. And Father, we thank you for the, the guys that have come and shared with us. Lord Willem that has, has um, preached, Father God, shared his heart with us. Lord, the, the guys that have led worship, Father, we thank you that they are a part of us, that we are one. And Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that as we go into this week, that your spirit would be on us. Father, we pray again. Lord, we pray for Natalie. Father, we pray that your spirit would move and would change, Lord. Father, because our heart is restoration. And so, Father, we thank you for that today. Lord, we pray, have your hand upon us, Lord. Lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.